You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. Give a shout to God. He's the God who shook Roe v. Wade, who is like God, glorious in holiness, awesome in praises, who will not fear and glorify him, for his judgments are made manifest. Hallelujah. Man, sit down. I had a hat on the first service and a dress shirt, sweated that one out, but now I got my citizens for life. Let me make a comment on citizens for life. We are citizens of this earth and so uh, citizens of a nation, so we're responsible politically for the future of our nation, we the people. That's why when you go to vote, this is your appointment with Ahab. You don't just vote. You gotta understand Ahab and Jezebel's two pillars of destruction of a nation or only 7,000 out of 10 million believers, 10 million Jews with a righteous nation had not bowed the knee to Baal. Folks, this gives me great hope that if 7,000 out of 10 million, what about God shifting things? And by the way, don't be discouraged when governments go renegade because God preserves Elijah, the greatest prophet for the worst Ahab Jezebel system that rises in the earth. And the two altars of Baal says in 1 Kings 16, they built an altar to Baal. And that altar to Baal, they would offer up infants in the fire. And then they raised, so it's state sanctioned shedding of the blood of infants. Welcome to America. And then they built an Asherah pole where there was a national sex cult basically built. And what you had there is both homosexual, heterosexual, rituals, and it seduced the whole nation. in the middle of it. Oh, by the way, they also killed the prophets. Welcome to America. Censorship is only the beginning. You see the rising tide, but the great news is God challenges the altars of Baal. The good news is after Elijah anoints Elisha and Jehu rides, the altar of Baal becomes a latrine. No, it's in the Bible. Go read it. The altar of Baal becomes a latrine. And God promises in the last days, I will send you the prophet Elijah. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, hearts of the children to their fathers. I believe we're in that revolution. And I believe the altar of Baal of abortion has at least the beginning that 
a power has fallen from, from heaven. I believe when Roe v. Wade was reversed, Satan fell like heaven. Now his rage goes to every state. But brothers and sisters, today we are at a crossover moment. The Jordan is being crossed over and a new generation will arise with a double apportion to challenge and take it to every state. I didn't realize that Sean was going to all 50 states. I'm thinking we are in the days of Elijah. Hallelujah. So we rejoice today that Roe has fallen. Today, I would like to tell a little bit of our story. And I'm just honored that Landon would say to me that my life and call to fasting, my life of fasting, miserable job, as I always say, I've broken more fast than you all. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I've broken more fast. So hey, no great holy man, just God loves it when we set our face to seek him. And I, I think he is so honored. And I feel right now, in some ways, there is a generational transfer taking place, maybe not a transfer, but a joining together of the old and the new. Let me go into a story in my own personal life and I wanna get to a place where I release something that I really didn't even release this morning. I believe that God is giving us a fresh weapon of revelation and it's called the revelation of the blood and the great communion revival that is now coming. Let me tell the story. It was in, in 2002, 1999, a woman had a dream. In the dream, she saw a Roman uh, war goddess on this body of water, heaping up huge waves. People were swimming in the waves and couldn't get to their destinies. And in the dream, an angel appears to her and says the only thing that can break the power of this spirit is 40 days of fasting like Jesus on water. No one really got too happy when I just I don't blame you. And I said, she said, does that mean anything to you? I said, yes, I, I'm an intercessor for California. And on the state seal of California, there's a Roman war goddess. I'm wondering if there is a spirit over California that is keeping California from the fullness of its destiny. But if that's the bad news and it's a true dream, then the good news is it can be broken. That's the good news. Elijah's 40-day fast shatters the Jezebel dominion by anointing a new generation. And today I felt like the Lord said, I want you to come here and I want to just simply acknowledge what's already transpired. This company Landon, his wife, and these people are actually carrying the Elijah Jezebel showdown in a fresh new way. And I've come to acknowledge it and to pray, even in your 40-day fast, for an anointing to carry this in a double portion beyond where I have carried it. Three years later, I'm flying to, uh, from uh, Korea to San Francisco. As I try to tell it quickly, to San Francisco, uh, to mobilize for the call San Francisco. And I remember the dream. There's a war goddess and in the state seal, she is seated on San Francisco Bay. Is there a spirit on San Francisco that is actually keeping California from full, uh, fulfilling his destiny? I wonder if for 50 years there's been a spirit over Texas 
with Roe v. Wade that has kept us from his destiny, but we are moving into a crossing the Jordan moment where God is saying, it's no more death. I want to enter into the year of Jubilee. I want to proclaim the power of my blood that shatters powers of darkness. Something is coming. How many of you felt the rejoicing in your spirit when Roe v. Wade went down? There was a... There was this sense, if that happened, anything can happen. If that happened, anything can happen. And as I, I, as I was flying, and sorry, my friends are here. They've heard my, this story a million times, but never mind. Might as well do the 40-day fast. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I get there. To San Francisco, I, I'm flying to San Francisco. The dream comes on me so strongly. I get this intense desire to do this 40 days of fasting on water. I don't know what, but the gift of faith was being born in me. See, sometimes God stirs us to fast. And when he does, don't say, oh, forget it. It might be something massive is shifting. I actually believe your fast right now is shifting us into this new era of jubilee. And I said, God, I was saying, Lord, I want to do this fast so bad, but I'm afraid I'm going to die. I can't die. I got seven kids. Please, God. And I'm in this I'm in this wrestling match, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Do you love California enough to die for it? It is at the cross, Jesus bound principalities and powers. Not just shouting at the devil. Jesus was heard. Not by his loud cries, the scripture says. He was heard because of his irreverent obedience to God. It is when we obey, we begin to bind principalities and power. When we follow the voice, no matter what it costs, God begins to shatter principalities and powers. I, I, I said, God, I sure hope I love California enough to die for you. You got to confirm to me that this is your word. I got seven kids. I can't die. I went back to LA, to Pasadena, and the morning I begin to fast, I get with a young man that was married to this woman who had the dream in 1999, and, it, and he said, my wife just had another dream last night. In the dream, a woman came to her and says, Lou Engel is fasting the fast you dreamed about three years ago. He thinks he's gonna die, but he will not die. God wants to baptize us with confidence by the word of the Lord that we're not just doing good ideas. We're actually following the voice. And if he sends us, he will not fasten our soul to a dead envy. Stick with, listen, God doesn't write short stories. He writes only long stories. He gives you a word and it takes you 30 years to fulfill it. People bail out because it didn't happen in a day or it didn't happen in 10 years or they get hurt by the church and they bail out because of bitterness. Brothers and sisters, you gotta go all the way until you get the day, the stage, until you get the day of your public appearance. John the Baptist was in the desert until the day of his public appearance. You wanna stick around long enough for the fulfillment and everything will scream in your life against that fulfillment. Joseph's got to go to the pit. He's got to go to the prison. He's got to go to Potiphar's house. But in the end, he is ruling the nation. Stick with your dreams. Be the dreamer of, your dream, of his dreams. 
I'm in this journey. I didn't realize it, but I, for 40 days I fasted on water and on the 31st day, I, every day I prayed, God, cleanse me from Jezebel, any tolerations. Revelation chapter two, I have this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel that seduces my bond servants into sexual immorality. Brothers and sisters, we are in a Jezebel bail battle for the soul of a nation. And to the victor goes the spoil. It is for our children to sleep in these kinds of days is to miss the moment for which you were created. These are the days of Elijah. These are the days of Elijah and the days of Esther. So I'm, every day I pray this and every day I take a stand against Jezebel over California. Maybe it wasn't wise, I picked a fight, she's picked a fight with me. I'm loved and hated all over the world. In the name of Jesus, I would declare, I declare the victory of the blood, the cross over Jezebel for 40 days taking that stand. I'm telling you something today. God is gonna give us understanding of the place of the cross and the blood in our resistance against the principalities and powers. Tonight, I pronounce the great communion revival. On the 31st day, I had an encounter of that fast. I was in San Diego, one o'clock in the morning. I have a dream and I'm flying over California, roaring the victory of the cross over Jezebel. The most liberating dream I've ever had. Have you ever had a dream where you fly? It's a picture of your movement in the spirit. And in the dream, I woke up out of the dream, roaring the victory of the cross over Jezebel. I had no idea that I was picking a fight and that fast would lead me into the battle in America because I prayed in 1999. I prayed, how can I turn America back to God? I didn't realize that in 2002 on this fast, 2002, God was gonna lead me to challenge the altars of Baal. That sounds kind of crazy. Well, it is crazy. But don't diminish your prophecies because they seem impossible. Don't, don't dial down the prophecies over your life because they're impossible. Because if they're not possible, then God can alone fulfill it. And that's what he loves to do is fulfill the impossibilities. I don't have time to go into it, but in 2004, I raised up a prayer meeting. Well, actually, the Lord spoke to me as I'm flying in a plane in 2003, flying in a plane, reading a book on William Wilberforce, the guy that ended the slave trade, and the Lord whispered to me more like that than it, it more shouted to me that you will raise up a prayer movement for the ending of abortion. I'm weeping in the plane. God always talks to me in planes. I'm closer to heaven and I'm weeping. You know how it is when you cry in planes? And he says, you will raise up a prayer movement for the ending of abortion. I, the significance of William Wilberforce. When that movie, Amazing Grace, came to America, did you watch the movie? The story of William Wilberforce who ended the slave trade. When that movie came in, 
I went to that movie. I don't know if I shared this, Landon, but I went to that movie. I got in late, so I'm sitting in like the second row. I got crook neck watching that movie. My daughter and my, and my wife are in the back. They find seats, so I'm in the front. At the end of that movie, I am so moved, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. You preached in a movie theater when you were young. Can you still do it? Oh, please, leave me alone. The credits are rolling, the bagpipes are playing. I turn and I face the crowd as they begin to stand. I lift my hands and I said, let's pray. Everyone stops. Let's pray. God, raise up a William Wilberforce in America to end the slave trade of abortion in America. I stagger out of that theater thinking I've lost my mind. A lady walks up to me. She says, I was think, sitting in that, in that theater thinking if that guy Lou Engel were here, he'd stand up and start preaching. And then you did. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me. President Trump was your Wilberforce. He gave us three judges and Roe v. Wade is no more. Give a shout to God. I'm not saying whether you like him or not. The fact is he raised up a man that gave us three judges to end Roe v. Wade. You're a mighty God. You're the judge of judges. You're the ruler of kings. You change times and seasons. So the Lord called us and we had a prayer meeting, a, a prayer gathering for 50 days and 50 nights. 70 kids gathered together for a prayer strike day and night for 50 days and 50 nights. Can I tell you, I prophesy the days will come when this church will be open for 40 days and 40 nights with an assignment. See, it's not enough just to have prayer meetings. There are times when you have to pray to win, when there is no alternative and it is in times like this that corporate breakthroughs take place. I gathered 70 kids for 40 day, 50 days and 50 nights. We lived in makeshift dorms in an African-American church warehouse, praying for one thing, for two things, ending abortion, the healing of the races, a pro-life president, and for revival. 50 days and 50 nights, pounding away over and over and over. I told those kids before, that on the 21st day of Daniel's fast, the shift took place. This is the 21st day. Could there be a shift? No one knew or realized we were planning this for 122, but could the archangels of heaven be releasing a divine deliverance out of Babylon and into the house of prayer? We must think this way. We must see this way. And I told them before we started that fast, I told them, you are the RAF, the Royal Air Force. There, you're the ones that must win the battle of the heavens. The election depends on your prayers. You will know if you get a pro-life president you, from Texas. You will know that you will get a pro-life president. You will know if you won the battle of the heavens with demonic power by who gets elected. The future of America is in your hands. And I said, you are the Royal Air Force. 
And it will be said of you, never has so much been owed by so many to so few. On the 47th night of that gathering, I met a guy, I didn't, I'd never met him before. I asked him to come and speak and told him nothing. At the end of his message, he suddenly stops and he speaks to those 70 kids and says, you are the RAF. Never has so much been owed by so many to so few. It was shock and awe, and we knew something had shifted in America. Can I tell you, I even believe today is a shifting. It's a crossing over the Jordan from judgment into jubilee. I believe we're crossing over into a new day of a new fresh Jesus movement. Salvation will break out by the blood. This is our dream. We're daring to believe that God was not taken by surprise. These kids moved to Washington, D.C. I'm telling a story here. Help me, speed dial. It started with a young teenager, maybe 19, fasting a Daniel fast, no meats, no sweets for two years, praying for one thing, for the ending of abortion. There are times when you have to get one thing. There's power in that focus kind of prayer. I asked him a while back, why did you do that? Did you have a burden for, to end, a, uh, end abortion? He said, not really, but I knew you did. And as a son, I wanted to fulfill the dream of a father. I believe, Landon, you're a son coming to fulfill a dream that I've been carrying for years now, for the turning of America back to God through an Elijah revolution, for signs and wonders and miracles fueled by fasting. Lord, loose this generational transfer, an anointing that this kind of community would spread all across America, churches being planted with a divine Yahweh resistance to the Jezebel culture that is raging in America. We prayed and he had a dream. By the way, there's a reward for fasting. It's called revelation. When you fast, you make your life a landing strip for revelation. My whole life has shifted probably in 14 or 15 long fasts. And every time it's like God gives me the marching orders. Today we march. The marching orders for the next season of my life. Unless it seems like I'm a hero, I'm a broken man with many failings, but thank God his blood covers us, makes us righteous and qualifies us to fulfill. Thank God he wrote a story about our lives and if we've messed up the story, he's a ghost writer. He can rewrite the script. That's hope for all of us. If you've had an abortion today, he rewrites the script and your greatest pain becomes your greatest prophecy. A women's movement is arising. We have seen it now for years of an Esther company. And when Heather took up the call to lead this thing, I told her today, you are the first one up. God is now giving you authority to mobilize an Esther movement all across the nation. Anyway, this young man has a dream and we're standing in front of the, uh, the US Supreme Court, thousands of us. Will Ford was in the dream, by the way. And in the dream, we're standing with tape on our mouths with the word life written on it. And we, know, we don't fully understand what it means, but the Lord showed us, 
This is not a protest standing in front of the Supreme Court. This is a prayer meeting. We're in silence giving vocalization in the heavens to those who have no voice. The power of silence. I have a feeling the silence is ending and the roar, the confession of the authority of the blood is going to begin to be proclaimed with power to the principalities and the powers. We went to D.C., put that tape on. BBC said this is the best protest we've ever seen. I said, and it's not a protest, it's a prayer meeting. Then with that band on our, with that band on our life, I'm telling you the story because it's leading today. One of our guys said if we would turn that life tape into life bands, like the Live Strong bands, we could start a Martin Luther King movement to end abortion, like they did in Birmingham. I said, isn't that incredible? What if we had a million people with, five, with bands and they would pray every time they look at it five times a day? Five, that would be five million prayers a day if a million people had it. Listen, every dream is a potential movement. You can't just think that your own dreams are simply dreams for you. You've got to see that they are seeds, that when you tell your dreams, you loose the very power of fulfillment. The spoken word of your dreams creates its own future. I've always said that people say Joseph should never share his dream with his brothers. My answer is, how else is he going to get to Egypt? <laughs> he speaks it and bones begin to rattle. Movement begins to occur. It's time to take our dreams out of our shells and begin to prophesy them and pray them and dare to believe them and then follow them even if it messes your life up. Jesus is not safe. He's good, but he's not safe. I said, well, that's a great idea, but we really need a God idea. It's gotta be confirmed. The next day, an African-American kid walks by while we're standing in front of the court, pleading, praying, and he says, hey, if you turn that life tape into life bands, like the Livestrong bands, I'd go back to my hometown, Birmingham, and start a Martin Luther King movement to end abortion. It was like a freak out. This is what happens if you hang around the dream king. You get into a dream stream. You join yourself to a dream team. You do the Martin Luther King thing. Once you begin to move with the dreams, it's, you begin to be carried along. Look what's happened in three and a half years in this church. There's 4,000 people. How did that happen? Daydreams and obedience and 40 days of miserable, wonderful fasting. Are you with me? So we put these bands on and we wrote a 22-word prayer. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion. Send revival to America. What are you saying? A plea is not a beg. We are taking the blood to a court that is above the courts of men. It was our court plea. We plead your blood before the court of heaven. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins 
and the sins of my nation. There's only one place that America can find its revival. It's in the court of heaven where a blood speaks better than the blood of 63 million babies. That has come to an end. And I was sent a, a text a couple days ago. I can't find it now. And the lady's a pro-life kind of leader. She says, I just want to thank you, Lou, for your journey in this journey. She says, 50,000 babies have been saved since Roe v. Wade ended. Come on. What kind of Moseses are in those 50,000? What kind of deliverers are rising? This is God. This is how God shakes the decrees of Pharaoh. He raises up a midwife resistance, a women's resistance. And then a mom has a kid and she sees him as a beautiful child. And in Acts it said, and God saw he was a beautiful child and he was hidden. Little did God know he was God. Did they know that woman, that mother? Don't you love God? Mothers shift pharaohs. For 18 years, brothers and sisters. Oh, by the way, when we went to D.C., I got to tell this story. And you say, you, you look at my story. It's outrageous. The stories are outrageous. I give glory to God. But I want you to believe for outrageous stories. If you'll say, I... I you should pray, God. I don't want to just listen to Lou's story. I want my own stories. I am asking you, make my life. Give me dreams, I'll follow them. So all these years, 18 years, millions of prayers, Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins. And this past year, 2022, an African-American prophetess from Nigeria has a dream, and in the dream, She's standing in front of the Supreme Court with me and our team that's been there five days a week for 18 years. Literally, our motto was this, win the victors when they come. Win the force of folly fall. Find my body near the wall. In other words, when they come celebrating Roe, let them be walking over the backs of intercessors who stood in the snow and in blizzards and the burning heat day after day. I tell you, principalities and powers could no longer stand. And then God gave us dreams of a woman coming named Amy Coney Barrett. So we begin to pray for Amy Coney Barrett. She's the swing vote. Oh, he's going to give divine intelligence to our prayers. And this lady has this dream and she's, I'm standing there with the tape and she pulls the tape, life tape off my mouth and puts a tape over my mouth, over my forehead and it says, it is finished. She woke up February 2nd. She knew Roe v. Wade was done. But when I heard the dream, I did not hear it that way. I heard it, it is finished. It is, the blood has done its work. Not a protest, but a citizenship in heaven. Today is a citizenship in heaven where literally we touch the heavenly realm as citizens of heaven like Daniel in his 21 days and something shifts with the archangels for America. You see it? 18 years pleading the blood of Jesus. 
and the Holy Spirit began to stir me. I'm so excited, rose over with. But the battle rages still now state to state. But listen to me. This is what stuns me. If the first part of that prayer, God end abortion, which was rose, that's how we understood, God end abortion, then why wouldn't the second part of that dream come true? And send revival to America. We preach for years. When the church opens the womb and closes abortion, it will open the womb of the church for a great harvest. Come on, could it be that this is the birthing canal today to bring forth the year of jubilee of salvation? Could we be in such a moment? I am daring to believe that. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Lou, it's a revival connected to the blood. If I could have 10 more minutes or so. 19 years ago, a dream was given that I was, that I was, there was a woman, a mystic on the shores, on, on a seashore, and she had a treasure box and the box opened and words came out of it like incense. And it says, Lou Ingle now has the gift of faith for the great communion revival. I'm standing here today proclaiming I have the gift of faith for the great communion revival. If the blood ended Roe, why can't Roe, or why can't the blood release the greatest salvation movement? And so 12 years ago, I was in Redding, California with Bill Johnson and Benny Johnson. I was there in Redding, California, and I had a dream. And in the dream, I asked Bill Johnson, where can you catch fish along the Sacramento River? Redding's on the Sacramento River. And Bill says to me in the dream, you can catch fish where the river turns red. I run down the river, it turns red, and fishermen are all along the banks. And I wake up and the Lord says, it's the river of the sacraments. It's the revival of the blood. It's the redding of America. That a harvest is going to come when the blood begins to be applied to the souls of millions. This dream rocked my world. And for years now, we've had these kinds of dreams. A dream was given of a place of great betrayal on an interactive map. And where this betrayal took place, people were taking communion. And wherever they would take communion, lights would begin to break out. And they were receiving BB diplomas. But there was another communion service taking place in the place of betrayal. And they, it was a toxic brew of rage, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness. And they were receiving BA diplomas. And wherever this communion was taking place, darkness would take a place. But the BB, BB diplomas overcame the BA diplomas. It was the better blood people over the brethren accusers. God is making war on the accusation of the blood, of the accusers. You cannot come to the communion table and having bitterness to a brother. You cannot come to the communion table and be speaking against other movements. The accuser of the brethren in the final revival will be thrown down by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We will declare the hyssop of our lips. The blood has made us one.
It's changed my life. Now I start thinking about talking about another person. And the Lord says to me, oh, you're one of those BA guys, aren't you? He's preparing communion. Why? Because the last days will be brother betraying brother. Massive betrayal. But God has given us a weapon. It's Father, forgive them. When Jesus said that without an apology, he loosed forgiveness to the whole. He loosed a nuclear bomb in the heavens where the veil was ripped, the earth shook, and the Lord began to speak to me. The days are coming with massive communion services that you will begin to reenact the same power that I released on the cross and take the blood of Jesus and apply it. This past year, we did 40 days of communion. There was a book in the house we were staying in. It was a book called The Power of Communion by Benny Johnson. I didn't realize she's been doing communion for years. The book talks about the power of the blood over principalities and powers. I was rocked by this, this 40 days, uh, uh, by, by this, and, uh, and, and I just was shaken by it. And then um, I went to uh, Israel and we did a, a communion between Arab and Jew, a global communion service. I came back and two days later, I have a dream. And in the dream, I'm telling Bill Johnson the original dream, where can you catch fish along the Sacramento River? But I couldn't remember it and I'm just sputtering and I'm frustrated. I had my headphones on and I pulled my headphones on and suddenly it's like I prophesy it with clarity. And I realized it's Isaiah 58. He was saying, I open your ears to listen. Don't, don't. I, I, want to, I want you to listen to what I'm talking to you about. And in the dream, I tell him the original dream, the Sacramento River. And then in the dream, I begin weeping and crying and saying, Bill, it's the great communion revival. I couldn't help it. I went there to, to, to Reading. I asked Bill, can I come and take communion? Benny Johnson was not well. And I asked if I could come and take communion with her. And when we went there, I said to her, I, said to her, I just want to honor you for the legacy that you've released on communion and the power of the blood. And I said, I did not come here primarily to pray for your healing. I came here that you, we would take communion together and you would lay your hands upon me and release an anointing that your legacy would go on through me to carry the great communion revival. She laid her hands upon me and I feel I'm carrying that legacy right here today. And when we stand this evening there on that, uh, at that Roe v. Wade courtyard, I believe today that I had a dream two nights ago. All night long I'm dreaming that I am going to be releasing at this gathering the blood of Jesus for forgiveness for all 50 states. You say that sounds crazy. We're going to do it tonight. 2002, and I'll end here, a brother had a dream from Houston. And in the dream, he saw an angel standing on the shore of California with one foot in the sea and one foot on the, on the beach. And in the dream, he was drawing his sword and was flashing with lightning. I know what that is. 
Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He's loosed his faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. They were singing it in the civil war because of the bloodshed of the slaves. We've been dreaming that song. I believe we're in the day of judgment, but we could be in the day of the greatest mercy movement, the mercy culture through the blood. And in this dream, he looked one way and he saw millions of babies' headstones and they were blue. And then he looked the other way and he saw millions of babies' books, uh, gravestones and they were gray. It's the blue and the gray. It's the battle of the state. And in the dream, 2002, I didn't even know the guy. In 2002, this dream, he said, I saw Lou Engle stand before that angel, lift up his hands and cry, wait, wait, wait. For 18 years, we've been praying, wait. Roe is no more, but the bloodshed goes on crying for judgment. But we are believing a better blood is about ready to be spoken. And tonight, I want to prophesy the great communion revival where death came, now life, hallelujah. Now life and revival come out of Dallas. This is your day. Stand with me. just turned 70 and I felt like the Lord you know sometimes we have to inject ourselves into the story you understand what I mean and instantly I thought 70 years are up we're coming out of Babylon you, you didn't get it and Daniel at the 70th year was fasting in prayer for a shift out of the Babylon culture to rebuild the house of prayer and I felt like the Lord said, Lou, this is the time. I'm 70. Why not make a good use of it? Father, I pray right now. I'm going to pray. This battle that I've been on, I'm entering into a war and a battle probably like I've never known that I'm going to fast and pray in California again. We're going there for these 40 days and we're praying for 100,000 LGBTQ to be saved and transformed. Bob Jones prophesied in 1989 that there was coming a wave, a first wave of 100,000 LGBT. And he said, Lou, that prophecy is still hanging, waiting for an intercession. In that 50 days, we had a dream of two tornadoes coming to destroy America. And they had the letters H-A, H-A on them. The homosexual agenda, not people, the agenda. We show mercy to people, but we war against ideologies and thought systems in the spirit. And the Lord gave us in this dream, we had to restrain those two tornadoes. The other day, I had an encounter with God and I felt the Lord speak to me. It's time. Roe has ended. It's time for your second in assignment. 100,000 LGBT. Shake the Asherah pulse. A fire of a baptism of love stronger than this, this sexual deception that's sweeping over America. Come on. Can we believe that the Elijah revolution is stronger than the Baal 
culture that is rolling in. When I see this transgender woundedness coming to America, I've got to dare to believe that the Spirit of God is going to sweep in when the Lord, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard. We were at a gathering the other day and a gal came up to me and honey, I don't remember it, but she had lesbian written all over, uh, on her arms. They prayed for it, tattooed, and the tattoo disappears. Come on, can we believe that God's got a tattoo they'll write on their arms belonging to the Lord? Isaiah 44, they'll, they'll be like, Poplars among the riverbanks. They'll write on their arms below the tattoo generation that says, we are yours, Jesus. Father, right now, I pray for this generational transfer. Lord, what I've been walking in and I, very weakly with many failures, but what I've been walking on, I believed and I felt like the Lord said, pray that this church will enter into a double portion beyond where I have gone. Dare to believe that you that I am not the ceiling, as was said, that you must go beyond my generation. The battle with Jezebel is a generational battle. You must go anoint Elisha. So right now, in the spirit, I release an anointing for a prayer challenge. On this 40 days of fast, like Elijah fasted 40 days and the Lord said, go anoint Elisha. I anoint, come on, lift your hands. I anoint, I pray for the double portion that out of this place will come prophets. Out of this place will come voices in every sphere to challenge the culture, to not give in and be seduced by the prayer culture of Jezebel. God, I pray, loose this anointing to make the altars of Baal shaken. Today we remember a great deliverance that took place, but we don't look back to the past. We look to the future. 100,000 LGBTQ on the front pages of Time Magazine.